going to be suffering. <laughs> That's our fault. We're suffering from success. <laughs> That's right. Oof. Let's take a look at those numbers. Let's take a look at those numbers. Mm. Listen, we do the best numbers. Hey, big money, big money, big money. People are saying everyone loves us. Yep, that's right. Rave reviews from, uh, uh, let's see, where is uh, analytics? Hey, big money, big money, big money. Big We've money. got one download today. Hey. 32 in the past 30 days. Woo! And I know what you're asking. Is that up 14% from the previous period? You know it is. Honest- All time, 113. Nine followers, which again, you already know this, up 12% from last month. Honest, honestly, having 31 downloads in the past 30 days, there's only been like three episodes of S. There's only been three episodes of our show. Not the horse sketch episode being your top episode. <laughs> the horse sketch episode is our top episode. Wow. Wait, Kieran Culkin is our top episode? Yeah. Right now, yeah. I don't know what it organizes by, but uh, it seems downloads total. So yeah, oh Kieran my. Culkin is our top episode. So that, so People all, love your enthusiasm for bad comedy. So everyone, ev- so so most people know that you have terrible taste for sketch of the night. <laughs> I have exceptional taste. Character, uh, Connor's character on the show is that he has <laughs> small taste. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hello, and welcome to Sketch in Review. I'm really glad that your finger point is going to be kept in now, Connor. So, so this part's going to be kept in, and it won't make sense in the audio version. We're doing an excellent job. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, as, you know, anyone who listens to this show uh, knows, this is Sketch in Review, uh, a SNL review sketch show uh, coming to you a week where there is no SNL. Uh, as long as you don't count the Rocco episode that happened last night. That's a, that's a solid reference for people who watch SNL. But uh, for everyone who doesn't... It couldn't be me. It, yeah, it couldn't be us. <laughs> uh, uh, you may notice that we have a third person with us. I would like to introduce you to Jamie. Jamie is uh, the host of a podcast called Robots Into Guys, a queer reading of the Transformers series. Uh, Jamie, you want to introduce yourself a little bit more? Hi, I'm Jamie. Um, uh, my pronouns are they, them. Um, and um, I am Connor's roommates. Um, and <laughs> that's such disgust. Well, well, I'm only saying that with, 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 with disgust because I know the way you cook. Devastating. Fuck. How many times have you tried to make a bolognese now? I, it is an exceptional bolognese. It is excellent. That's not a proper bolognese. Yes, just because I don't use ground beef and instead elect to use sausage because I think it's cooler does not mean that it is not a proper a sausage, bolognese. Listen, listen, a sausage bolognese isn't the worst thing in the world. He's Italian. He gets to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a big oxtail bolognese guy. Ooh. Oh, it's very good. Very, very oh. good. Uh, yeah, so, uh, like we said, this, uh, this isn't an episode reviewing, uh, any episode of SNL. Instead, we are doing a Bowen Yang retrospective, uh, with prominent Bowen Yang expert, Jamie. <laughs> yes, as a gay Asian, I can safely say that, uh, I, uh, have a, 
I have a degree in Yangology. <laughs> um, no, I, I've, I've been uh, aware of Bowen since his, uh, since when he was just like podcasting through the Forever Dog Network. Um, so through uh, Los Culturistas. So when I found out that he was going to be on SNL, like I actually was like, oh, this is someone I actually have prior knowledge uh, and whose uh, who's stuff I actually do like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this episode will be uh, a little bit different. How it's going to work is uh, we're going to uh, watch some sketches. Uh, we're going to watch a sketch, and then uh, we will uh, respond to it in the video, and then the video is going to cut to our next response for the next sketch, and I will give a, a little breakdown of each sketch before we get to reacting to it for everyone. Uh, so uh, you're about, we're about to get cut to a new scene. Uh, so see you on the next portion. And we're back. <laughs> oh, what a sketch. Uh, so first up, uh, we decided to hit Bowen Yang's uh, first, I think it's really his first main character for update, uh, Chen Biao, uh, trade czar of China. And this was... So, trade daddy. <laughs> yeah, trade, trade daddy, as he's affectionately called. Uh, By himself. Listen, I call him Trade Daddy too. I because he showed he showed up a couple a uh, couple episodes ago, and I dropped a like I love Trade Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Go back to the tape if you don't believe me, and if I'm wrong, <laughs> email us at billyhatemail at gmail That is a real email address. Please email us. Nobody emails us. Calls <laughs> <Balls> anymore. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, listen, I think Chen Biao is really great. Uh, it came on right when uh, Bowen had been announced as a featured performer uh, right in the summer uh, leading up to uh, this episode in October. Uh, and he was a writer on SNL the year before, finally moved to on-screen talent. And this is really, I think, the first time that the audience got to really like see Bowen Yang perform as just like the spotlight. And he knocks it out of the fucking park. It is, it's really, like, a star arrival moment. Like, and, like, it gives credence to, like, because I read uh, the Live from New York book, and, like, Chris Rock was, like, uh, uh, told by Eddie Murphy that Chris Rock was, like, worried about, like, not being on the show enough as a featured player, and Eddie was like, hey, you gotta write update pieces. That's the, that's the way that, like, these, you know, if you're a young gun, that's the way that you're gonna get on the program. And so it seems like Bowen, like, to, like took that to heart and just like found, and you can see like as he's been on the show like his bread and butter has been like these like update correspondent pieces you know and i guess we'll see like later like they get even more like kind of outre and like um and avant-garde <laughs> um and um and the sillier the costume the better um but at a certain but starting from this like just like the way that like every gesticulation like the full body rolls even in the chair like the like the wildness of the facial expressions it's somebody who's like really like happy to be there and like has and feels that like in the pocket yeah i remember watching this live and being like oh so that's what bowen can do can't yeah. wait can't wait for it to come can't wait for him to like show up even more <laughs> yeah a lot of these, uh, a lot of these, like first featured segments that uh, that a new person will do are like very hit or miss. Like sometimes you just, sometimes they haven't found themselves. Sometimes they don't know what uh, what like. Uh, sometimes they just don't do a good bit. But this one was uh, 
This one's just solidly, he knows exactly what, this is a kind of character that I'm really good at, here it is, enjoy it, and it, it's, it, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it speaks to, I think, his, his history as a writer, because, like, like, I mean, it's just, like, joke after joke after joke, and, like, it's yeah. not really concerned with, like, any finer points of, like, a characterization, like a Heidi Garner bit, or something like that. Like it's really like it's all in it's all in the text. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this folds this folds more akin to guy who just bought a boat as opposed to Angela, every boxer's wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> in which in which you know, a uh, guy who just bought a boat is all fucking like all right, I'm just gonna keep talking, and everything layers on top of each other, and the entire aspect of it is perfect. Meanwhile, Angela. It's more of a like this is just fucking ridiculous and every and like hits all the tropes of a certain character. Uh, also, it's always fun to see SNL lampoon foreign dignitaries. Just in general, I have I have fun whenever they hit international politics as well as local politics. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I it, it it gives like a good like it gives a good access point and it still kind of shows that like SNL. Even if they and they do get a lot of flack for being kind of like uh, so, socially out of touch, or at least fairly like on even on a surface level, like 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 aware of of, of of political matters, even if their take is sometimes kind of abysmal. Listen, listen, they they are very much the most moderate comedy possible. Yes, <laughs> just square, just square in the center, and mm-hmm. then oops, no, they dug a little, they dug a little bit to the right. Ugh, no, they gotta. They gotta repark that car. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, next up, we are going to be doing what I think is probably Bowen's uh, first... That's the first uh, That's the first update segment that I noticed Bowen in. And I think we're going to move to probably what I think is the first sketch that I noticed Bowen in, which is the Sarah Lee uh, sketch. So tune in, in for you, five seconds, for us, like, eight minutes. <laughs> oh, oh. I really, I really hope that the laughing joke doesn't get, uh, doesn't get overused. But since we're an SNL review podcast, we might as well do it every time. That's right. Yeah, I think it's important to know that your that your viewers know that you live, laugh, and love, <laughs> but especially laugh. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we just finished up the Sarah Lee sketch. Uh, and this, uh, for those who haven't seen it, uh, I mean, pause the video, go watch it. That's, that's the fun part about pre-recorded. You can pause it at the point where, uh, we like, right, right where we're about to jump from one to the other, because I don't know if we're going to have a transition between the two. Um, that'd be perfect, because then you won't, like, notice the, the jump. Yeah, yeah, the jump won't be as hard if you... (laughs) Uh... Alright, so the Sarah Lee sketch, uh, pretty much, it's Harry Styles hosting uh, an episode of SNL in November of 2019, uh, and the sketch is that he is a brand, he is the, he runs the Instagram account for Sarah Lee Bread. Uh, Sarah Lee does a bunch of, like, uh, generic cakes and breads and such, uh, and he's just posting, he's, he's being horny on Maine, basically. Except, except instead of his main Instagram, his main is Sarah Lee's corporate Instagram. Uh, listen, I think there are a great of there are a lot of choice quotes from this. Must get rid of toxic in community is such a call sign. 
God damn. So fucking good. And it's good that they did a callback. It is, it is, this sketch outside of like, you know, a best of Bowen is just a really, really good sketch. I watch it, I think, like about like every six months or so, or so <laughs> because like the phrase must get rid of toxic in community, like just gets in my head. Or I think about like, like the, the way that Cecily Strong says some random fashion twink. <laughs> Uh, it, I can't fucking get over the just plate of plain white bread on the table. <laughs> like someone's gonna pick up a piece. There, of there is so much fucking good in this sketch. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> and it's such a shame that it's part of like some weird vertical integrate, like brand integration strategy that NBC is doing. Yeah, listen. Here's the thing. Bowen wrote this sketch. Uh, I'm not sure, like, a year or so before it ever got to SNL, because there is a cut-for-time version of this same exact sketch, basically. Mm. Uh, but cool. I, I'm, listen, I think Harry Styles was definitely the better choice than whichever host it got cut for time with, because he he's able to embody the role of young gay brand manager. <laughs> I think it's deeply funny because it seems to suggest that a man who looks like Harry Styles cannot pronounce the name of Sean Mendez. <laughs> True, he does call him Sean Mendes. Sean Mendes, again, a line I think about a lot. Uh, like, even even the, it starts out strong with Cecily being like me and Fernando or whatever. Santino. Oh yeah, Santino. <laughs> me and Santino. It's it's Jake. Okay. He's indignant about it. Yeah. Jake. <laughs> hey. I'm sorry. And then she's also like, <laughs> like it's a throwaway line. I, I like it feels like it might have just been like, and I know I make up stories like this, but it makes it feel more fun to me. It feels like the kind of line that was made up, that was like thrown in during rehearsal as like a bit, and then they kept it because they liked it so much. I what I wonder, or I wonder if the of like the aggression of the line read is something that feels more spontaneous. It definitely because like yeah, it was you know. definitely uh, written. It was definitely written out as because it can also be funny uh, if it's if it's read such as me and Santino, it's Jake. I'm sorry, me and him, as opposed to like pure uh, yeah. anger. And the somebody fucking Mikey Day's wife rather than... Uh, yeah. Rather than, uh, or Mikey Day complaining about someone fucking his wife as opposed yeah. to... Right. We gotta... <laughs> Our next compilation episode should be compilations of people fucking his wife. Mikey Day all cuck scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, rank all Mikey Day cuck scenes. A super cuck, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh, Anyway, but, I think this one uh, this one really shows uh, but where Bo and Yang's sensibilities lie as a writer as well, because it's very much aimed directly at uh, the queer community. Absolutely. And him and Julio Torres, I think, co-wrote this one together, and that is Julio as the random fashion twin. <laughs> and ap apparently, when Cecily says the word, some random fashion twin, the... The isolated deep laugh you can hear is apparently Julio. Oh, oh. laughing from laughing from the side of the stage. That's so good. Oh, that's so fun. I think I think it's also just a really good mix of like because Harry Styles is a very good host for SNL. Uh, 
And I think Bowen and Cecily have such a strong connection because Cecily is one of the queen of the gays. <laughs> well, yeah, Cecily is a, mu- is a musical theater girl, so mm-hmm. like exactly, yeah. <laughs> and they and they play on that a lot. And also, like you know, Harry as a star persona, like has a you know a record for kind of like uh, for, for for playing with gender expectation and ev- and everything like that. Again, it's such a shame that like this beacon of like queer creativity, like. Has to come out of like a brand integration, <laughs> but also, but I isn't that progress? I isn't it progress <laughs> that a brand integration sketch can just target the queer community? Oh, it's so great that the queers are participating in capitalism Wait. now. Like, yes, slay your way right into my Amazon cart. Um, yes, that's good. Yeah. It's good. Um, but I did happen to look at the Sarah Lee Instagram account a few months after this sketch aired, and it and of course it surprised me to no end that people were in fact commenting on Sarah Lee content with Wreck Me Daddy and, and Destroy Me King and Sketches of Toxic in Community. So the brand integration worked. Listen, I, more people are interacting with the Sarah Lee brand, so I guess mission accomplished. Oh, I love the line. People love bread content. <laughs> I, and I misheard it for a while. I thought it was people love brand content. But then, like, after rewatching the sketch, like, the eighth time, I was like, oh, he's saying uh, people love bread content. <laughs> I think, oh, very good. and I think one line that, that we haven't touched on yet, and I think we're going to move on, is just uh, when, when it's just the string of emojis, and Cecily asks him, that's in reference to uh, getting railed to death. <laughs> <laughs> It's well, just... He says, getting railed to death, yeah. As if that was the assumption already. Listen, to be fair, when I first saw the sketch, I had like, I listen, there was like one or two lines, there was like one or two words in that statement where I was like, okay, slightly different. I thought it was, I thought it was run a train on me until death. Oh. Uh, because uh. there's like three eggplants and then a train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, alright, uh, next up we will be doing, uh, another sketch. Uh, it will be the, uh, airport sushi sketch. So if you want to sit down and watch, uh, that while we, uh, pause the recording and watch it ourselves, uh, now would be the time. Ha! Ho 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 uh, so we just finished up watching Airport Sushi. Uh, Bowen Yang has his own featured little portion of it uh, right right in the middle. So we'll mainly talk about that. But can I just say, like, I love this sketch. Just, like, in, like, I think I sing parts of this sketch almost every day. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I've, I've straight up been in the shower and just been like, Profiled Asian... <laughs> I I don't I think this was my first time seeing this one. I don't know. I think it was. I, I wasn't sure when I was watching it, but I don't remember a lot of it. At, at the very beginning, I was like, "Oh God, this is an eight-minute musical sketch." I'm I'm not. But as it went on, and you just like all of these characters started interacting with each other and like getting their own. It was it's cats, but in an airport. <laughs> I mean, it, it lacks the it lacks the clarity of like Diner Lobster, which has like 
which is like one core conceit and then it and then and then spirals you know uh appropriately this sort of like just sort of goes down a bunch of different avenues cats is probably the more appropriate yeah comparison because everyone just sort of like introduces themselves and then does yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, yeah of of john mulaney's four big new york musical numbers sketches I think Airport Sushi is my favorite just because it hits on so many different musicals. As opposed to, like, Diner Lobster, you hit, uh, you only hit, it's only Les Mis stuff. Which, like... It's only only Les Mis, yeah. Which, like, listen, it's great and fun, but I feel like the third time's the charm. (laughs) Mm. Mm. So, it doesn't ever overstay its welcome, where it's like, yeah, we get it. Ordering lobster at a fucking diner is weird. We don't need eight minutes of it. (laughs) Right. This um, one, this one, we can get eight minutes of it because we hit. Well, like, why are you buying sushi at an airport? All right. Well, uh, like, listen, this is Laguardia. As somebody who's been to Laguardia a bunch, absolutely accurate. Every part of it. <laughs> well, I think another thing is that it's good that it left the diner sushi or the the uh, airport sushi because. When I was getting bored, it was because there were two, three songs about the airport sushi. But then once it became about (laughs) the airport and the airport progressively became this more magical place full of stupid uh, inadequacies and stuff like that, that's when the sketch really took off. And it was it like when (laughs) when John John Mulaney has a way of of saying horrible things like they're magical. That's uh, that's always a good punchline when he talks about the. Oh, it's the baggage attendant that's worked here for 30 years and throws everyone's bag straight into Long Island Sound. <laughs> like, amazing. Mulaney is a really is a really good anchor for this sort of thing, especially because a lot of the people from his sack lunch bunch special, like you know, like mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, and 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 David and David Byrne, he kind of you know uh, got them to bring bring out bring out more of their. Bring out that same silliness that they exhibited in set in sack lunch, but which gives everything like this overall feeling of like, of 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 lightness, um, which is kind of interesting given that the circumstances are were kind of of con- were kind of of consequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. Hindsight with hindsight twenty twenty, this falls into like the Chris Red on Weekend update saying black people can't get the coronavirus levels of like, mm, maybe maybe we shouldn't have said that. But like, but still, it's just, it's so funny because it's in this microcosm, it's in this very small window of time in which everyone knows about the coronavirus, but nobody knows anything about the coronavirus. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is so interesting, though, that, like, the that Bowen's profiled Asian piece, like, comes, you know, like, mere minutes after the Wuhan steak joke. <laughs> um, it, again. Steak? I thought they said snake. They did say snake. They say snake. Yeah, listen, yeah, listen. It's because it's because so at the time, people were unsure if it came. It, all they knew is it came from an exotic meat market. They didn't know if it was a bat or a snake. And snake was I a better it, rhyme. I thought it was a. I thought it was a lab under Quantico. Well, I mean, listen. It was. It listen. Could it have been the Wuhan Coronavirus Research Lab? Maybe. <laughs> oh, wait enough. As John Stewart once said, it's the name of the lab. 
but yeah, and you know, it's also very interesting in which, you know, it really does still it touches on the profiled Asian bit, which you know, Bowen gets yeah. Bowen gets a full uh, Asian hate crime update segment eventually, which I don't think any of us picked yeah. as like a best of Bowen, just because it's no. a, it's sad. <laughs> it's yeah, I don't it's, I don't like being sad. <laughs> no, it's sad, and it felt more it felt more like like it felt more obligatory. Yeah, um, you know, and than than anything really like with um. With with a degree of like, um, uh, affirm affirmed passion to it, it 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 seemed like well we well we have to touch on it because you know mm-hmm. uh, our our show makes itself you know uh, relevant by being by being of the moment. You know, uh, circumstances have to line up. Do you know what song uh, uh, Bowen's section is? Parody. Sudden, uh, so so I can go. Uh, so the parody. Oh, suddenly Seymour. Yes. Yeah, suddenly Seymour. It is suddenly Seymour. Oh. From well, Little Shop of Horrors. Until you said sudden, which was the beginning of the video. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so so to go through it, we have Phantom of the o- we have the Phantom of the Opera. Yes. Uh, we get uh, America from West Side Story. Yes. Uh, then we get uh, I don't. It's from Annie, but I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, there's tomorrow. Yeah. The oh, it is tomorrow. Yeah. Then there's Stay Cool, right? Uh huh. Stay Cool from Story. also from West Side Story. Yeah. Uh, security is defying gravity from Wicked. From Wicked, yeah. Uh, then it's Bowen's portion, which is suddenly Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors. Okay, now that one's because every other one had like a, had like a sound match, you know, you know, from, yeah. from the title, you know, Phantom of LaGuardia, I, you know, LaGuardia is like America, De Blasio for tomorrow, but then you have profiled Asian and suddenly Seymour. <laughs> yeah, it, it, listen, it doesn't it doesn't match up perfectly, but it is. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the and then Road to Nowhere by the it's Talking Heads. Nowhere, yeah. <laughs> and that's not a musical theater song, unless you count American Utopia as its own sort mm-hmm. of, as its own Broadway production. But it or, but it originates as a Talking Heads track. Yep, yeah. uh, and the Talking Heads were the guest artist for that. Well, oh. well, David Byrne. Well, David Byrne was, and yeah. he brought a lot of the people from his American <laughs> Utopia uh, crew. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know enough. I don't know enough David Byrne lore to to have the facts. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, Talking Heads haven't been a band since, like, 1987. <laughs> yeah, David Byrne does a lot of does a lot of solo stuff. And the American Utopia thing. Well, because he wrote all... Because he claimed songwriting credit for all of the, for all of the music uh, that Talking Heads made, and so he created a show based uh, based around those songs. And um, I haven't seen the American Utopia fil- uh, concert film that Spike Lee did, but apparently the show was this sort of... Performance art uh, and also like career retrospective for for oh. for Byrne himself. Oh, that sounds uh, fun for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, listen. I'm write, not. I'm, write... I'm not going to go see it, but it sounds fun <laughs> for people who like yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, like it's like for like for people like my mother. Like I'm sure that because like, you know, like, I feel like Talking Heads is like mom rock. You know, Talking Heads, the Police. I only know the one song that was on Rock Band. Da do 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 da 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 da. Oh, 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 Psycho Killer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you didn't mean the police. Never mind. Oh, no, no. No, fuck the police. Because I will say, my favorite my favorite police song is da do 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 da 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 da. Da do do do. Because it's got doo doo in it. Yeah, listen, I'm a simple man. 
Worth listen. It works. <laughs> it works. Oh, uh, all right. All right. That was that. Yeah. So next up, uh, we will be hitting another weekend update segment. Uh, this one will be the iceberg. Uh, so I will let you. Uh, so go ahead, see the SNL uh, iceberg update, and then uh, come back afterwards. We'll see you then. Haha. <laughs> Indubitably. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was uh, that was the iceberg sketch. Uh, quality. I mean, listen, quality sketch. This is another one. I forget exactly when it came out. Uh, but it was also relatively early in Bowen's SNL on-screen tenure. Uh, and it was another one where I was like, oh, shit, this man's gonna be a star. <laughs> uh, it's just, just so, oh. it's just so good to it, so much good to it, where, whether it's Bowen just co- consistently downplaying the number of people who died in the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> By by orders each by orders of magnitude, <laughs> like 30, 40 people died. Fifteen hundred. Why are you attacking me? <laughs> it's, there's just so many great winners in this sketch in terms of lines. He jumps around from one idea to the next. Like I thought, there's there was one specific like series of jokes in it that um, I feel felt like verbatim another sketch that I'd seen on a different show, and I was going to be ready to be upset about that. But then they moved on to the three or four completely other things that were their own thing, and it's just it's. It was it was a it was a fucking roller coaster. It was what was great. the point of comparison that you were? Oh, uh, there's a there's a uh, there's a sketch on uh, that Mitchell and Webb look uh, in which uh, uh, an interviewer is going to uh, uh, interview uh, Buzz Aldrin and uh, says, "Well, we don't want we don't he wants to talk about his album. He wants to talk to his new." And it, it was exactly that. Oh, okay. They were saying like he doesn't want to be known for his old stuff. Like, well, people want to talk to him because of but uh, but yeah. There's, I, I'm not even saying that they just took it, even though there are some things that SNL just fucking takes. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's an easy joke to make. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, like the, like the, the sort of writerly detail, it's a hyper pop EDM new disco Fantasia, uh, <laughs> called music. Called music. Bold. God, that feels like, that feels like a fucking Stefan line if ever there was one. It's, it's definitely like. What do you it's mean? It didn't, what do you mean, Connor? Writing. That didn't. That line didn't make fun of midgets. So obviously, it can't be. It can't be a oh. Stefan line. Um, and then, uh, and then, when Colin challenges it, he, practi- he practically breaks. <laughs> oh, music! Uh, <laughs> uh, oh my god! I think. I, I, I think my favorite. I think one of. One of the parts that really th- uh, threw me when I started was when Colin asks, "What went through your mind?" Every inst- yeah. every instinct in my body was like, "He's gonna say the ship. He's gonna say the ship. He's gonna say the ship." <laughs> <laughs> and then he fucking swerves it instead. Instead, he gets his entire ass cut off by the ship. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the line that I always like. It's always like the first line of the sketch that really makes me laugh, which is the um, where uh, 
that's just that's just uh, a part of me, but there is so much more underneath. <laughs> and then um, says so an, like an iceberg, and then like again, like it's very similar to like the Santino and Jake line where he where he goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also he's hurt that like he didn't get it early. <laughs> I also I I love about that specific line. How he's like saying it like it's this beautiful poetic thing, even though it's it's just a it's a very bog standard what you <laughs> the only thing you know about icebergs. Yes! And so Colin responds with I like an iceberg, I get it. <laughs> Rejects it. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh also the song Lover Boy. Uh, <laughs> Yo, Loverboy is a bop. Don't don't get me yeah, wrong. It's a bop. Yeah. I, be- I believe him when he says no skips on the record. <laughs> I, I don't believe him when he says no skips on the record. I'm I'm certain there's a loser in there. Twelve Loverboy is not one of them. twelve tracks. No skips. Swear to God. <laughs> Listen, twelve, twelve, twelve tracks. Pretty short. It could be no skips. It could be no skips. I I'll believe it when I fucking see it. I think unless it, there's like a really long track at the end, like because sometimes mm, with EDM, like you get these really long like tracks, and it's like, oh, it's like a club mix, and it's like, okay, well, first of all, like we're not at the club. Yeah, first of all, club. no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I think I think it really ties it together is when he fucking just like, fine, you want to talk about the Titanic, you want to talk about it, and he goes on this whole diatribe, and he's like, why is it? Why isn't anyone blaming the water? <laughs> No one's trying to White Starline, you built a bad ship. Again, like it's just like it's this knack for these like update pieces that are like that are like quote they're like quote ready. Mm. Um and you know, they just come and it's so interesting like to see like early on the Chen Chen Biao, you know, this uh this character who like it doesn't take a whole lot of costuming and like it doesn't take a whole lot of like characterization because it's there in the writing, and then like of like getting to a point where like the comfort level is there to where you can do the iceberg which is like this ridiculous like you know like cost like costume piece um and then something that has even more of an involved like characterization mm-hmm. uh to it uh, it's interesting to see you know the kind of the his, ver- his his versatility as a performer even if he is sort of working from the same kind of like comic mode but like trying out different things like Listen, with it one of one of the most important parts of comedy is finding your voice and bowen is someone who has found who found his voice by way before he got to snl he understood exactly where he's telling jokes from and how he has to say them and Absolutely. every single time he nails it you can see it in chen Biao, you can see it in the iceberg uh, you can see it. I'm going to drop Las Culturistas just because I know that it, we're not covering it because we just covered it a few weeks ago because it was just on update. But, mm-hmm. or not Las Culturistas. Fuck, that's his podcast, right? Yeah, that's his podcast. No, uh, Future Trends. The trend uh, oh, forecasters. Future trend. Uh, it's him and 80. They're dressed in these fucking like high fashion, fucking weird ass dress- dresses and just talking about trends. And then every time they get to a point where they're like, yeah, this trend is bad and going away and just drop like a full fucking diatribe on it. Anyway, mm. yeah, this is just go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is just it's just Bowen understands where where he needs to come from and what he needs to say and how the audience is going to react to that in order to both hit the expectations that he needs to hit as well as subvert the ones that he wants to subvert. Yeah, 
hitting uh, those expectations the way that the Titanic uh, hit that iceberg over 100 years ago. You and, gotta stop bringing. And like a dozen people. <laughs> <died>. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> like one or two people died. <laughs> uh, but like, whatever. Yeah. I think you should change your Twitter name to Irish Cacophony. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next up, we will be doing uh, the Bowen and Simu Liu sketch. Uh, that's uh, that's what it's called on uh, SNL. Uh, we you'll know it as the first Asian sketch. Uh, so tune into that and then come right back. We'll see you then. Haha. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Gonna get a lot of steam on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So this uh, this sketch happened earlier this earlier this season uh, with Simu Liu hosting, uh, and me and Connor talked the world off of this sketch when we saw mm-hmm. it the first like it's just so quality because it hits it hits a topic that like uh, I don't know how to say it. Uh, exactly, but it's just one of those where it's like, every time that you mention that someone's the first blank to do blank, you're like, okay, well, it's a, I don't know, to me it feels a little trivializing. I don't know if that, I don't know how it feels from uh, a more minority perspective that you can provide. Well, as the first gay Asian to appear on Sketch and Review, (laughs) um, I can (laughs) say that um, yeah, uh, like, I feel like 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 a first is like good but like but it has to i feel like we have to get to a point where like where where the where the first gives gives way to you know like to 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 more than one like for example like the reason why like um the full title of uh, a, a hbo sketch show uh, a black lady sketch show is because that it's that title is there to represent in the hopes that there will that there will be more um, so, um, first, first are great, but, you know, a first is always a first, is always a first step, you know, it's, yeah. it's important, right? Like, um, and, and, an integrated field, um, is, is of course, uh, the, the ultimate goal. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I landed on that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, still, I feel like, you know, they take... Obviously, SNL does really good escalation in the sketch, uh, in which they start at, you know, very, very real, like, accurate titles of, like, you know, first Asian Marvel lead, first fully Asian cast member, and then slowly but surely, they add a little bit, they add a little bit more ridiculousness, a little bit more ridiculousness. I think my favorite of, like, the ridiculous part was first Asian man to beat StarCraft Two. A game, a game historically conquered by the South Koreans. <laughs> I personally, my favorite will never not be Michigan's good job. Open parentheses <laughs> Asian. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have so much love and affection for Mr. Asian Panera. <laughs> I also the pro- the progression of the sketch like it, it progresses in so many different ways or rather maybe just two different ways but no it, but like uh uh 
and I think it plays to the point that you brought up about about like uh, how you need to move away from the first and how the firsts can get silly at times mm-hmm. uh, with this uh, fact that like you know the uh, um, uh, it starts out with all these very for, there's the escalation of the fact that the uh, awards start very uh, grounded and become very silly and then there's also the fact that these characters start out actually not caring about it and then becoming obsessed with them as they get sillier and it it does a good job of that both of those mixed together does a good job of lampooning the fact that it's not unimportant that these things are first but there is a level of performance to these things that's kind of just commodifying it and all of that so it's addressing the fact that it is silly and important at the same time by i I think they do a good job walking that line because of by the way that they do it and the escalation is also very varied because there's the there's multiple kinds of escalation and they all work together to fuel it i think it's very good yeah and i and the fact that they you know play like the valid the validation of their efforts or not or non-efforts you know with the with 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 gratitude, yeah. I think is a large is a large part of it, um, because um, it's you can feel that like if if there are people who haven't really been recognized for for stuff in the past, like that love, like that level of gratitude, you know, like they'll you know they'll they'll they'll, they'll take it where they can get it, and it is you know kind of you know, and the fact that they are sort of like playing versions of themselves, which means they can also play upon like whatever like the needs of like of 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 tv stars to be like shout to be showered with accolades as well mm. yeah mm-hmm. and you know we like to talk a lot about how snl doesn't do punchlines well but this one you know and i think it's a lot of these sketches that we picked do have punchlines right at the end yes uh, and this this punchline is so great where bone just leans in and goes i'll always be gay <laughs> And then it does this fucking, and I think I've made the same reference, but it does this end of the shining zoom in on the same picture, the first, first Asian (laughs) deadpan, and then behind Simu the whole time was Bowen also deadpan, (laughs) and then gay in bold double underline. (laughs) So perfect. I love that sketch a lot. I know. Listen, very... the sketch hits on a lot of very, very good uh, portions. Uh, so uh, we will hit uh, our last weekend update segment that we have for uh, Bowen next. Uh, it's going to be the Gay Oompa Loompa segment. Uh, so go ahead, pause the video, check it out, and then come back and we will... Uh, Hopefully, be discussing it. Uh, hopefully. Hope, I mean, listen, we will be, but, like, hopefully you come die. back. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there is sure. no way to know. Unless you come back. Uh, so, we'll see you then. Uh, so, we just finished up uh, the Gay Oompa Loompa Weekend Update segment. Uh this one, this one does fall into the Bowen Yang gets dressed up in a in a costume weekend update segment, which is always great. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's really fun that Bowen just loves to put on face paint because <laughs> he had he had face paint for Iceberg and he had face paint for this, which makes sense because the Oompa Loompas are a disgusting shade of orange in the movies. <laughs> wow. Okay. 
disgusting shade of orange. Uh, let me be. Let me you be apologize clear. Apologize. Well, come for their fucking necks. Hey, they, you hey, know? I'm I'm from Jersey. I know all about disgusting shades of orange. <laughs> I I think this one works so well just because. So it starts with Colin Jost uh, dropping dropping what small information you need to understand why we're doing this bit, which is Timothy Chalamet as a hot young Twonka. <laughs> and uh, listen, I love Chalamet so much. I don't know how this young Wonka is going to do. <laughs> I know oh. he spells his name. Oh my god, like there was like so like like the script pages leaked uh for it like um back uh like a few like a few months ago. Um and like it's the most and that movie is apparently like the most like edged lord grim dark like kind of horse shit. Oh like uh, like Bel Air? <laughs> Yeah, like Bel. Yeah, like Bel Air. Yeah, they were, they uh they were, they Riverdaled uh they Riverdaled the boy. Oh um, boy. Uh, if I if um if you if you remind me, I can send you the screenshots of uh of the script pages that were going around Twitter. Um, but yeah, it's going to be. Um, I can't I can't wait for Willy Wonka to kidnap the Oompa Loompas by gunpoint. <laughs> that level of edge or. <laughs> That yeah that yeah that <laughs> of, that level of yeah like being like being in in Loompa Land and like a, a long like action sequence of being chased down by like a by like a m- m- monster with gnashing teeth or the Loompa Loompa being chased by a monster with gnashing teeth yeah and then like um, a young Wonka coming to you know uh, to white sa- to white savior them yeah you know you know listen these people. They didn't have a good life until this white man came. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, abducted the boy from their home. And oh, what a burden he feels. Must be some sort of poem to illustrate this. If only there was some sort of book about this jungle. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, so. If any child got named Rudyard in 2022. Oh my God. I think they'd be the subject of intense bullying, and I'm surprised that, that that. Which is wild because bullying doesn't exist in 2022 if people are to be believed. <laughs> uh, anyway, back back to the update segment. So Colin introduces Bowen on as uh, a proud gay Oompa Loompa, which, surprise surprise, outs him on national television. It's just such an inspired angle to take for that character, because like it could just have been, a it, like it it does run the theme of a lot of Bowen characters, but this underlying like constantly interrupting himself to talk about, wow, okay, now I need to do this. It's Lumpaland. They're more they're more conservative. <laughs> Like all of these, it was just, it was such a good extra layer to add. And I think that's something with a lot of this, a lot of Bowen stuff, there's always another, there's always another mm-hmm. layer. There's always something to in, make it more interesting. And I, I always like that. Yeah, because if it was just, oh, Bowen comes out and he talks about how Willy Wonka's hot. That's fine. And yeah. even, or, or even if he came out, he's like, yeah, he's hot, but he's still a, basically a slave driver. If he had like his whole point of, He'd, if he had done the labor conditions... Yeah, if right. he did the yeah. labor conditions portion just straight without that portion, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it would have been fine. 
But it wouldn't nearly, but I, I think the point, I think it really does, add, the extra layer really helps, like, sell this whole thing home, because while he's trying to do it, he's also having to reel with this other fact. Yeah, which is kind of why I feel like it sort of goes, like, a little off the rails when he starts talking about, like, all the, like the, all the other stuff about, like, how Wonk is an idea, more of an ideas guy, you know, it kind of, the focus shifts pretty noticeably, in a way that, like, the, in the way that Iceberg doesn't really, like, Iceberg kind of, like, um, like, like, uh, like, digs deep, and even if it finds the other avenue with, like, you know, the whole, like, they drowned, you know, thing, it still kind of comes back to, like, what the, to what the Iceberg wants, which is, which is to, like, clear, mm-hmm. uh, their name, but the, the transitional point that Bowen uses, where it's, like, you know, this get this allows me to, like, talk about everything, it feels like that pivots a little, like, kind of, it, it, it feels like a little too sharp of a pivot, mm-hmm. I would have... Um, but, um, you know, we still get great lines, like, you know, rehearsing the song and dance we do when a child dies. Um, yeah, no, it's a good point. It, it does, uh, it doesn't, the second, in the second half of this bit, you do lose the, I just got outed on national television bit. It doesn't like all come together. Like a lot of stuff does sometimes, Yeah, which is sad because it would be fun to see how it comes together. But, uh, but, uh. But it's still really good. But also, I he mean, had to he had to write this in less than a week. <laughs> oh, I was telling I was telling Connor uh, about it because my college roommate uh, was uh, uh, was was somebody who who did want to write and perform comedy. Um, and you know, we would we would talk parts a little briefly about uh, SNL, and he always said that like you know um, the two biggest problems with Saturday Night Live is that it's live. And it has to be ready by Saturday night. Yeah, listen, listen. And everything else stems from those two core, like, you know, uh, production obstacles. Yeah, listen, SNL, much like, much like regular improv, is when it's bad, it's going to be the worst shit you've ever fucking seen. Oh my god. Listen. Uh, so, so on the on the show, uh, we have uh, we have a, an award dedicated for those types of sketches. It's not given every episode. Uh, it's called the Cake Sketch Award. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a cake sketch. Well, you've obviously seen a cake sketch, but you haven't seen like the cake sketch. The cake sketch. <laughs> um, would it be the Would it be the one where the to- where, where the cake talks in the yes, yes, yes. The Eddie Murphy episode? No, no. The oh, Eddie yeah. The Eddie Murphy one is the only one I actually liked because it was the first one I saw. They've done it three yeah. or four more times since then, and uh, it's gotten it? worse. Ah, <laughs> uh, Eddie did it. Eddie did it so well because I think he even he he breaks he gets the seven second delay because he goes, "Come on, you little motherfucker, we can still win this." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. It's just... But anyway, anyway, when it's bad, it's going to be the worst shit you've ever seen. But when it's good, it's magical. (laughs) How, how someone, how someone can put, it's in improv, how someone can just think this up on the spot, and in SNL, how they can get this all put together in a week, and somehow they've put together a functional 90-minute show that goes on at 11.30 at night that millions of people tune into... Magic. Magic. And then you get average sketches most of the time. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, like, that larger thing is, like, you know, sometimes you'll get, like, a very, like, a memorably abysmal sketch. But I think, like, most disappointingly is that the show, like, 
can be content with being mediocre for as, for as, for for long stretches. Yep. Listen, um, SNL is the WWE of sketch comedy. Wow. Listen, uh, I'm a big wrestling guy, so I have so I've seen the parallels perfectly. Yeah. They're both run by an by a crazy billionaire. Yep. Who has final <laughs> say on everything. <laughs> they each put on a product that has to get turned around in a week. <laughs> the only the only difference is is that uh, the people on SNL can talk better. <laughs> and some of the most famous people uh, it's, from the exactly. franchise are dead. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> or making movies now. Yes, true. Yeah, listen, see, a lot of parallels. Uh, so next up. We will be going with uh, the Scarlett Johansson USO uh, performance sketch next. Uh, so go ahead, check it out. Come right back. Quick, quick note for anyone who's uh, who didn't pause it in time. It's actually Kristen Wiig and not Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I, she was blonde, and so and so I just assumed. <laughs> She was blonde. She probably has a low opinion of Colin Jost. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so this USO performance. This is just showing... This is... Uh, this has to be Bowen's second year. It's right... It's in 2020. I don't know. Well, No, no, uh, I can tell you... I can tell you that it's either in 2020... Yeah. It's in season 46 is this one. Okay, so it is. It's his second. It's his second year on yep. the show. It's his second year uh, as a featured performer, uh, and this is just another showcase of Bo and Yang just being able to go into something and give it his entire all, and that and just fucking kill it. Never. Yep. He doesn't miss. If he gives his all to something, he doesn't he miss. Doesn't miss. <laughs> he doesn't miss. Um, he, it seems that he really relishes the opportunity to, like, to, 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 to sing, um, as, as we've, as we've seen throughout this, um, and, um, he finds, like, again, there's, um, even from the, from that first Chen Biao, um, segment, there's just a confidence, um, that, that he exudes, where he, uh, you know, I, I definitely agree with Billy, where it's like, Bowen came into SNL like knowing like how he was funny, um, and then like being able to like flex that in a bunch in a bunch of different ways um, to the point where it can even distract you from the fact that this is another sketch where Mikey Day points out exactly what is happening. Just <laughs> uh, people who have like the audio version. <laughs> yeah, like this is there's yeah there's SNL a, for blind people. <laughs> There's a very specific kind of SNL sketch, which sometimes does work. It, it it can elevate a sketch that doesn't that that is otherwise not great, but a lot of times it it doesn't. Um, in which it's just someone doing something strange and everyone pointing out that it is strange, and then it stops being that. Like they all point out the things they they point out the things that are strange just so that you have them noted. Because they're going to get, they're they're going to be important later, and then immediately afterward, they're into it. They're so. <laughs> in, I love the way that this sketch goes all over the fucking board 
I love that it starts out with this weird, like, super old-timey talk with a blah, blah, blah. Every, yeah, everyone's, everyone's speaking in a transatlantic accent. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely supposed to evoke, like, um, like, 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 like Preston Sturges and those, and those, and like Howard Casablanca. Sort of like 40s. <laughs> so that, that like 40s patter, yeah. And then even the intro to the song is like, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a 4 4 shuffle uh, in C, <laughs> you know? Blog. But the, and then, like, <laughs> when, when, like, I just, I love the fact that it starts with. Oh, the man's playing the woman, the woman's playing the man. There's a lot going on here. And then immediately when it cuts back to them, there's like, oh, he's coming back to her. And they're going to... <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And so uh, good. Uh, Kyle Mooney hollering, it's the moment of truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much. Well, yeah. Listen, SNL. Yeah, SNL. Kyle and Beck together also. Mm-hmm. Just, as a, just a side note, because they came up together. And then like it felt like Beck kind of like, you know, Got got to do more than Kyle and Kyle got kind of resigned to you know the cut the cut for time pre tapes and stuff and it's it's, it's, it's it's nice to see him even if it's just like as a soft shoe like kind of like mm-hmm. uh, like toss away. I will say I will say in the most recent season Kyle's gotten more screen time and maybe it's because Beck yeah. left because Beck's not there yeah. yeah and so he's like oh I don't have to be with my friend I guess I can do sketches on my own where I threaten yeah. to murder Mikey Day. <laughs> Man, that was so good. Uh, uh, Billy, uh, did uh, you watch a lot of SNLs? I have. I have watched SNL. I've watched every SNL since like tw- since Adam Sandler's episode. <laughs> okay, so do you remember the the uh, the Jimmy Fallon uh, civil Civil War band party at my parents' house uh, sketch? Roughly. To me, like this reminded me, like of the of that premise. Uh, so there's, I haven't seen it. No. So uh, there's uh, a group of four guys, and like it's like at the end of the Civil War, they're at the campground, and it's like you know, like let's give us um, you know, let's uh, let's do a rousing battle tune, and so you know, it starts off, you know, with classic, you know, Civil War like imagery, like marching with the bayonet, and then Fallon goes, oh, and there's a party at my parents' house. <laughs> like what? And it's like, oh, I thought it, would, it could like use the hoof. <laughs> and so, but then like they built, they build on it, and then so like uh, one of the like corporals is like, well, maybe it could be like a, maybe I could be like a stern father. Like, hey, there's, hey, there'll be no more partying here. Like they just oh, they shit. build, they build the song to the point where it becomes like this like uh, classic, like this like 2010s like party pop song. Um, this feels like a kind of version of that where like, although the song starts fully formed, but still people are starting to, but, um, you get to see that still that assimilative quality where like people are like, oh, I didn't think I'd like this, but then I, but then, you know, they, um, they, they, they get into it and specifically using music as like the linchpin for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yet another sketch with Bowen in it that there is layers upon layers. It is like they said, there's a lot going on. We're in the 40s. We're at a USO thing. We're this lady has this uh, this sketch performed obviously ahead of time, or they just spontaneously started doing this. There's no way to be sure right. with this one guy, and then more people are joining in, and then there's all the other people, and you're like, oh, are they going to be cool with it? Oh, everybody's co-. there's just so many layers to this, and there's so many layers to almost all the stuff that we've been looking at so far. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think the best part of it is that. The layers of everything 
in, in this sketch specifically is that the layer, all those layers fold together and then right at the end, you still have to be reminded that it's 1944 USO show where the moral of the story is you have to beat the Nazis. <laughs> so good. So good. The only uh, way that it's okay to cheat on your spouse is if you beat the Nazis. <laughs> uh, and then, um, you know, and then the fact that, you know, there's gay icon uh, Dua Lipa mm-hmm. uh, who is doing her... Um, uh, her trademark thing of nothing. <laughs> uh, like, uh, like, like she doesn't add like her vocal tone really to like to the mix. Like uh, no, no, she, she just doesn't. She shows up, she pegs Bo and Yang, and then she leaves. <laughs> uh, she uh, she doesn't have like the quality of like Gwen Stefani in like space pants. Oh. You know. Where, like, you really feel she's adding something. God, um, Space Pants was so fucking good. Again, something I watch, like, every six months. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 find, I find this one to be, like, definitely uh, a, great, a great use of, like, of Bowen, like... Yeah, I don't think I don't. Bowen in the spotlight. Yeah, I don't think this sketch works if we don't have Bowen Yang in that role. I think like I don't think there's another character who could pull off the dance, the commitment to the dance moves while staying in that character still. And then doing the dialogue kind of like story song uh, Mm -hmm. thing, you know, a a la like um, like Lady Gaga and Beyonce's like telephone or or something like that. Um, one might almost imagine that the song would fit well on on the on the Iceberg's uh, music album. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually scary. that's actually track ten. It's a cover. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> right, there's like because there's like Lover Boy, right? And then like you have like Love Fight. You know, it's like <laughs> two. It, it, it is two songs. We are at least one sixth of the album's now skips. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, this well, I think Love Fight makes more sense with the video. <laughs> Yeah. All right. uh, Next up, uh, we've got Bug Assembly from the Rami Malek episode. Uh, We will catch you after that. I'm glad I caught that. I'm really glad I caught that on the intro. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, that's really good. Oh, Oh. what timing? Because I literally hit start and then you started going. Uh, but, listen, this sketch is so... This might be my favorite Bo and Yang sketch ever. Oh. High key. I love... Uh, listen, going through it again, I love this sketch so, so much. And I'm talking about sketches, like, specifically for Bo and Yang. Like, mm-hmm. Airport, Sushi has, Airport Sushi has, like, a Bo and Yang section, but that's not a sketch... Yep. Like, that's not a Bo and Yang sketch. Right. Oh, uh, it's just... There's so much fun here. Because you set it up... Where you have the seventh graders, the seventh grade theater kids, which I was a high school theater kid. Middle school, you couldn't get me near the theater. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Burning Man for the weird kids. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, there's so so much fun to play here between, like, the obvious, like, seventh grader types of jokes. Where it's like, I'm a praying mantis, but not like this. (laughs) I eat, like, I eat weeds and grass, but not like that. 
Dismukes, Sarah Squirm, and Rami Malik all play kids so good. <laughs> and then like and like you need, and like you needed like thick like thicker glasses and like a different and like a different like hair color for like Sarah, but like Bowen's got like a baby face. <laughs> and like so he just comes through looking like Yeah, I'd buy I'd, I'd, I'd buy that weird I'd buy that weird theater kit. Yeah. <laughs> This is the first time I've ever heard him speak. <laughs> Listen, his dad works at Bravo, his other dad's a Republican, and this is the first time I've heard him speak. It's just... There's... I also love what Dismukes was doing the dance, and he was just going like this. <laughs> it's just, when you get when you get four, like, it's just the six of them up there so perfectly worked together... Whether it's Keenan and Bowen, Keenan having to like reluctantly call Bowen daddy, and then Heidi <laughs> tries it and he goes, I don't want that from you. I don't want that from you. God damn. The <laughs> first time I saw the sketch, I was afraid. Like, it was, I, this was my, this season was my first time seeing Bowen in anything. Oh, okay. Um, and I was afraid after only seeing like two or three sketches that Bowen was like very one note. Sure. But looking back at this after seeing like enough Bowen stuff, this is just a showcase of all of the stuff that he does really, really well. Yeah, <laughs> right down to like like an in, like intense like costuming. Yeah, dude, dude and, is like, dropping again. down and dancing in high heels, which like mad yeah, respect because yeah. that's difficult as hell. Well. Yeah, like and like an extension of like like the dancing that he does in U in USO, you know, and then like uh, you, you know, we even saw like from Chen Chen B out. It's like a very physical performance too, like the way that like you know like he'll move his arms like up and like up and down or like again like the way he'll like roll his hips <laughs> and then like then you see like this full physical showcase of of like. Of, of, of again what he can do when he's when he's in the spotlight because airport sushi like makes use of like his theatrical talents in just the in just his acting and singing but i think being able to like see you know get like the full picture and the full moving picture it just shows off you know like that you know he's great behind the update desk but like he can do he can do a lot mm -hmm. um um, out, out, outside of that. Yeah, and he's also just a really talented comedian on top of all of that. Like, he, his timing is dead on. He has a way of delivering a line in a way that's uniquely his and also really, really just nails whatever joke he's going to do. <laughs> like, uh, like when, uh, like when she was like, it looks like you were trying, you were about to do a death drop, but then you were scared. And then he looks like dead at the camera. And he's like, yes, I was afraid I was going to split my ass open in front of the judges. And he's just like, damn. Uh, the way he screams at Sarah is also cool. I didn't, he's kind of an underrated sort of like, uh, first, first screamed line, but you know, he, but, but, you Listen, know. Listen, he can, uh, he can scream he a line. When yeah. There, it's a certain like character trope of like oversensitive gay person kind of, mm. where where like you know that's like the over the top level screaming. That's the character that he kind of hits <laughs> when yeah, when he gets yeah. there, and it's so good. This is another one of those sketch where it's hyper targeted towards the queer community, and it just nails it. It understands its voice and perspective and the exact joke it wants to make, and then just like and then it just peppers in little jokes that fit in the universe they've already created. <laughs> kind of got lost in the scene work. 
Oh, that's oh. a winner. This one, um, this one is a winner. Like I said, it's probably my favorite Bowen-centric sketch. Uh, there's so if, much love for this. <laughs> if if SNL was still like still found a way to like make money through like the through like the best of compilations that they used to do on DVDs, like this would be like in the first third, you know, for a best for a best of Bo and Yang, just for the way that like it channels his specific comedic voice. It like it challenges it challenges him physically, and he and he, and he nails it. Okay, yes, there's like a costuming gaffe a little bit, but it kind of fits. Well, no, that's he, he sells it so well. Yeah. He sells, he it, sells so it so hard. He sells yeah, it so yeah. hard that he breaks his own costume. Yeah, he even Which sells the, like first off, he's very professional. He makes that he takes the he like without changing anything about the scene uses his foot to make sure that that uh, that that broken part of the costume doesn't become disruptive to the rest of the scene. Right, and then he it he giggles a little, he breaks a little, he makes the scene he makes it it fun for the rest of us. Yeah, he shows that this is actually we're we're all having fun here. Yeah, and it's he he does spectacular. Everything is. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn, such a good sketch. I don't think I like this one as much as I like First Asian in terms of like it making me laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that in terms of like like uh, you brought up, uh, if we're sp- if we're picking something that makes me laugh a lot and shows off just about everything Bowen can do, this is a great this is a great like explanation of that. I I think that yeah, it's just that Rami is like not a great scene partner. For Bowen, because Rami's energy is so kind of like he's, yeah, he's got he's got like a similar energy to Adam Driver, where you kind of mm-hmm. where like or like there's where it feels like there's just this psycho two inches behind this person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as opposed to like Harry Styles, who seemed like very like open and like open and like receptive to like you know c- to, c- to communicating within the scene. You know, mm-hmm. with Bowen back, back all the way back in Sarah Lee, which must have been I don't know five hours ago in the report. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, I, I think it is somewhat. It is. It is more acceptable in this one because uh, the awkwardness that he brings to it is easily. Uh, you it off as like bad, bad child. Yeah, it, 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 right? it better sells the idea that he's a uh, that he's a kid and he's weird and it's awkward. Yeah. And Bowen does an excellent job acting around him in order to bring out that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no. But no one on SNL has done bad child actor better than Vanessa Bayer oh. uh, who, who just who gets like the like the compulsory smile part of it <laughs> like she had mm-hmm. an absolutely down pat and Bowen's own own take on it which you know um you know stems from the character's background and like in in, in reality tv and like you know blood boiling conflict it's its, <laughs> own, it's its own unique take on like the whole on the whole like on, on the whole like in, child um, imp- impressing upon an, an, an adult kind of perception. Yeah. Uh, Alright, we've got one last little uh, thing to watch for our Bo and Yang-centric episode. Uh, then we'll be giving you some uh, final thoughts to wrap it up. Uh, this is a Twitter clip uh, from Las Culturistas. Uh, we will include a link in the description, so scroll on down there, click the link. Uh, and it'll take you to uh, the tweet clip uh, to watch, and then we'll be right back. What a clip, huh? <laughs> it is. Uh, I, wa- I watched that one a lot. <laughs> Bowen is so expressive right there. 
He goes on an entire, like, emotional trip. <laughs> the, the clip! It's a stupid twink in the varsity jacket. <laughs> I also, I get this super hard, like, oh, really? Oh, that's great. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, I get that. That's the vibe that I'm getting from I don't know if it is. It doesn't feel insincere. It feels very insincere to me. I don't know. I read. I read half of it is insincere, but then it's like, oh, ninety pounds, pretty good. Yes, no, that is true. I do. I do get that he's like, he's he's he doesn't want to listen to this. I came here for this show, but that yes. is sure. Okay, great. Congratulations, ninety pounds. <laughs> the part that always gets me is this this, this clapping. <laughs> <laughs> this me. Oh my god! That understanding expression. I think. I think it's total surprise when she offers him tickets of just. Full mouth open. <gasps> His mouth is left gaping at the end too, where he tries to where he tries to come up. It's almost like he's trying to stop him. <laughs> he's like, no, don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> uh, amazing. But you're right, there is sort of the teeth gritted sort of smile at the beginning where he, where he's where he's like, I came here for Kelly Clark and didn't really need to hear you. But I think over it's sort of Again, it's a journey, like, over time, like, he becomes... Yeah, that twink like, won him over. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an I was a stupid fashion twink. <laughs> no, no, he's a stupid... A random fashion twink. Some random fashion twink. <laughs> oh. Amazing. Oh. Yeah, so, uh, that's, uh, those are all the clips for our Bowen retrospective. Uh, a few... Uh, I have one or two other honorable mentions. One of them is uh, the Morgan Wallen Alabama sketch. Uh, okay. uh, pretty much the gimmick of that sketch was basically just uh, that Morgan Wallen was originally supposed to be on in like the third episode of of the 2020 season. Right, but then he was partying with some uh-huh. people. He was partying yeah. in Alabama, maskless, yeah. and so they pushed they pushed him back. They pushed him back to after the new year. Right, and then they did a sketch on it, uh, in which Jason Bateman comes out and he's like, "No, don't! You're gonna get, you're gonna lose SNL." And then Bowen Yang comes out and he's like, "I'm here to warn you that your skin treatment might be too good." <laughs> where it's it's just it's just one of those things where it's just like Bowen got two lines and he nailed both of them. <laughs> God uh, damn. And then the other one for me is uh, Good Morning Montreal, or Hi Bonjour sketch. It's a really recent one, isn't it? uh, It's with Issa Rae from last year. Mm. Uh, It was just so... That one is just so fun because he puts on such a good, like, Quebecois accent (laughs) Mm -hmm. for it. And he's just full character with him and uh, Kate McKinnon as co-anchors. And also that one gets the good Mikey Day explaining what the joke is. <laughs> oh, wait, uh, do you think that the instrumental for Daddy Longlegs would be on uh, the Icebergs? Um, <laughs> Hyper Pop, EDM, New Disco Fantasia titled music. Uh... I can see it being like like a like an instrumental for like the inch for like the intro or something. Sure, like I imagine they probably just took like a took a segment from it and looped it. Yeah. There's yeah, no, more no, to it. No, no, you know, yeah, obviously there's more to it, but I bet you, but you know what I think it is? I think that's, like, the club dance number, and all it is is right before the drop, mm. daddy's got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Honest <laughs> God, it has to be like sampled more. It's so good. <laughs> I hope we do get to a point and like, you know, hopefully when New York's club scene comes back that like people will be doing like DJ mixes and will throw in a daddy's, a daddy's got it the same way that they used to do um, when uh, Lady Gaga was nominated for an Oscar. Um, they would do uh, Let's Dance, um, but instead of the words let, Let's Dance, one DJ put in um, uh, the uh, the Academy Award uh, nomination board saying Glenn Close. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Uh, listen, going through this, I think we all realize Bowen Yang is one of one of just he has such a strong comedic voice. He's going to be he's going to be in he's going to be in SNL for a long time. He just got promoted to repertory this year. Oh, excellent! Yes, he did. Yeah. Him and Chloe Feynman. And he what? got his Emmy nomination while he was still a featured player. Yeah, exactly. Listen, huh. Bowen, Bowen, and Chloe, and Dismukes and Sherman make me very ecstatic oh, okay. for for when. Uh, You're such a Dismukes fanboy. I'm a huge Dismukes. Uh, fan we're both. Listen, so this is this is a Dismukes fan podcast. <laughs> almost <laughs> almost as much as it is an SNL podcast. It's true. There's something about the man. <laughs> I love his dumb face. I love. I, I, love, I love his dumb chameleon face because he looks like eight different yes. actors at the same time. <laughs> and I love the way that like there used to be on SNL, you had like five versions of Standard White Boy that all did like the same three characters, mm-hmm. and Dismukes does all of their characters better than them as one Dismukes. So he will put so many. Pe- he will put every Mikey Day out of business. <laughs> he will. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> We're going to have a Mikey day for a while. We're just going to have Dismukes. Bowen, if you're li- if you've listened this far, sorry to take the sorry. To- <laughs> sorry, sorry that we hit a hard <laughs> left into Dismukes. <laughs> uh, listen, sorry, oh, this is about you. <laughs> yeah, Bowen, Bowen, if you're listening, we'd love Bowen, to have you on an episode. <laughs> Bowen, I'd like you to come on for the second Bowen Yang retrospect. <laughs> no, we can't, Bowen. I want you to come on for the Dismukes. <laughs> Oh, please come on for that Dismukes retrospective. Uh, yeah, I think Dismukes you'll... Dismukes uh... hit by several cars at the same time because none of them saw him. <laughs> uh, poor Dismukes. Well, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's not going to have... I, uh, I mean, it'll, it might be a while before he gets, like, you know, the kind of, like, high profile that Bowen does because actually, like, last, like, last week, Bowen got announced to be in A24's first musical... Um, oh shit! Uh, Megan Thee Stallion. Um, so uh, big things are happening uh, for for Bowen. He's got so, he's got this A twenty four thing. Um, he you know that Emmy nomination a couple of years ago. He just got a retrospective on the eighth most popular SNL review podcast. Are so, we eighth? Have we made it, Mom? Top ten? <laughs> I can't believe we've broken the top two hundred yet. <laughs> Hey, I don't, I don't know, I don't know why this podcast that mainly features two white dudes isn't doing better. <laughs> well, it's no, it's fine because we're two white dudes talking about um, uh, talking uh, about uh, comedy. Media. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> about comedy. And we're and the it really, I think what really resonates with a lot of audiences is the fact that we act like we know what we're talking about. We act like we know better, and I think that that's really going to like resonate with a lot of people. Listen, yeah. everyone likes to hear about a white dude in power. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think if you just like, you know, if you throw in like, like talk about like the presidency and all the sort of Chapo trap houses that you've been visiting, like I think that. God damn, how old is that? Chapo trap house. How old is Chapo? No, I I feel like you're referencing a very specific thing that happened. This sounds very familiar. Well, am I losing? I'm, re- I'm referencing uh, classic white guy uh, podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, Chapo Trap House. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> I thought. Okay, my brain just manufactured a whole, th- a whole like scandal that happened to someone that I didn't know. Okay. I wish we could live in my magical world for a minute. Listen, I wish, I wish we could too. <laughs> I, last night, I dreamt that there was an apartment where if you were having someone over. Um, there was, like, a parking lot full of double beds that you could have brought up to your apartment so that your friend could stay in that bed. <laughs> Bowen, if you're still listening... Why? Why are you still... You can tell that this has gone off the rails, Bowen. Stop! <laughs> Thank you for listening, Bowen. Thank you for listening this far after we stopped, after we stopped saying complimentary things. Bowen, if you are listening to this and you have the money, the seed money, to help me get my... Bed rental <laughs> apartment building off the oh. Can we go around and say the things that we want that we want to say? To, uh-huh. to Bowen. Uh, to Bowen. Alright. Alright. Uh you you can go last as our guest, so I'll I'll okay. go first. I'll go first, Great. then Connor, then you. Okay, fantastic. Bowen, uh please come on the podcast. I would love to just do an inter me and Connor would love to do an interview with you. I think it'd be a lot of fun. And I think you just get dumb questions because we're both too young to have real-world experience. <laughs> Connor. Dumb rhymes with fun. <laughs> is, that, is that all you want to tell him? <laughs> no. Um, Bowen, uh, you're, you're, really, you're really good at this stuff. And I think, I think, oh, it's... It's really hard because it's, it's really famous. Yeah, no, it's okay. No, no, just look, just look, just look, just look at the mic. Don't look at Bo. Bo, you're doing a really good job and keep it up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here, no, pretend it's just mute. It probably is just Mukes just pretending to be Bowen. There's no way to know. Just Mukes, if you're pretending to be Bowen and listen to Stop! Come and get Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have anything to say. You don't have anything to say I just, I, to Emmy nominee Bowen Yang? I just don't know. Like, I future, need to start the conversation. Future podcast guest Bowen Yang? He future. needs to start the conversation. I can't do it. I don't know. What are, do, you, do you like... Do you like... Do, do you like do you like do you like movies? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. You're you talk to Bo and Yang about. Well, 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 we'll, t- we'll tell him that you pre- that you appreciate that, he- that he's there. You did that. I did that multiple times. Well, that's all I have. That's not a conversation. This isn't well, a conversation. Well, what, 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 You're what, just what, saying what, shit, dude. Future. I hope for good things. <laughs> Great. I don't know. Okay, put it in the sentence. Bowen, I want good things for your future. Bowen, good things. Future. All right, good enough. Jamie, what's, what do you want to say to Bowen? <laughs> Bowen, I also want good things uh, for, your, for your future. Uh, I think what you represent on SNL is that you can um, 
you can you can find your place in like a vaunted establishment and you don't have to necessarily like you don't have to like feel feel se feel second to any to any sort of gatekeeping that you can kind of like come through from the world from the world of podcasting and um and from and from uh and from and from improv and take a and take comic persona and a comic voice and find a way to make it work for you in, inside uh, of an of an establishment and uh, and that you can turn it into into genuine fame um, and um, and acclaim and if you've seen you know all the you know um, the Bo and Yang compilations that are on YouTube you know that there are people out there who are really who are really responding to your work as a writer and as and as a performer. And uh, I can only foresee even greater successes from here. Damn. Damn. Wow, that's way better than mine. That's basically Fuck. what I said, honestly. <laughs> yeah. In, in between, I think, deep sobs. <laughs> that's what you were trying to communicate. All right. Uh, thank Ooh. you. Thank you, Jamie, for joining us on this retrospective of Bo and Yang so far. Thank you for having so me. Uh, Robots Into Guys is uh, in hiatus right now. Do you know when you're going to be returning? Uh, I don't actually. I don't actually because uh, we're still dealing with some things uh, on the organizational side of things. Uh, but my partner has. But my partner has a podcast called All Systems Argo uh, that uh, Connor agreed to be on. Um, so uh, and Billy, you can also agree to be on it. Also, ooh, um, ooh we can get both of us on it. <laughs> we could, ooh, we could see if we can get both of us on there. I don't we'll, know. We'll do Gladiator. <laughs> Both of you can do both of you can do both of you can do Gladiator. Uh, so I don't know when Robots and the Guys is coming back, but we have a backlog of about sixteen episodes. Uh, so uh, if you are if you like uh, the first generation of Transformers, um, and uh, you're okay with gay people, <laughs> yeah, listen, li listen. If you're not okay with gay people and you got this far into the <laughs> Bowen Yang retrospective episode, what well, are you doing? Episodes this episode's just for Bowen. <laughs> this is just for Bowen. Finally, something for Bowen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna DM Bowen on Instagram and send him the link. <laughs> Once you have the edited episode, I'll add him on. I'll add him on Twitter. Let's get him. <laughs> Let's get him. Let's get him. Good uh, future. Let's go. All good right. Vibes. Good vibes. All good. All good vibes. Uh, so all systems are go. Uh, robots into guys. Sketch and review. Uh, check out all these podcasts. You're already checking out one. And until next time, support local comedy. <laughs>